You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Which coast? Traveling east to west... Aaron Ladd. Oh, he What's did it! No. <laughs> Mark Gunnels. At the house on it. Chiefs coast to coast. Put the over on uh, Kevin Durant's points tonight at 30 and a half. I'm scrolling through Twitter today, and you know, of course, I see the little the little extra badge has now populated. Not not just a regular verified badge, but now there's like an official badge. Yeah. And as soon as I saw that, I'm like, you know, it's definitely Mark Gun- Mark Gunnell's already got the plug on, on on the official badge. Yeah, I mean, you do too. Don't don't act like you don't. <laughs> I got verified when I shouldn't have been verified. I think I had like 600 followers when I got verified, to be honest. Oh, uh, you were one of them, like, journalists coming up. <laughs> yes, I'm sorry. I was a journalist coming up who got verified that way. Yeah, let me retweet because <laughs> we're live here on, on Arrowhead Pride, on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, wherever you watch the show. We appreciate y'all tapping in with us. I need to figure out a way to just, like, share this. Let me put that retweet in. I need to find a way to just share it directly onto. Ooh, maybe I did figure it out. Sounds so old, man. Uh, you don't have to work technology no more. I mean, it's 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 moving fast, man. I I was texting Serta today, like, yo, can we get can we get certain features that y'all might see on the show very soon? Uh, you know, I just feel like the game might be passing me by a little bit. I hate to uh, say it. Damn, that's crazy, Aaron. I never thought that would happen to you. <laughs> I thought you were one of those guys that just stayed with the times and you always knew about the new things like TikTok. You're a big TikTok guy from what I heard. I thought you were with it, man. I know you're not talking because you did a TikTok. We, uh, I set I myself up for that. I, I just set asked, myself up. <laughs> I should have asked Serta to clip that. I really should have asked to, 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 to throw that in there. But it's cool, man. What you, what you been on? What you been up to? Oh, man, I'm a little disappointed in my state of California now because we still do not legalize sports gambling. Um, I don't know why people are voting no on it. I have no idea what the state is doing, but I still cannot legally bet in this state. So, uh, yeah, kind of disappointed about that. Yeah, yesterday was Election Day. We recorded this on Wednesdays at 6 o'clock Central Time. Yesterday, Election Day. Hope you got out and vote. You did your civic duty, got out there and uh, let your voice be heard. I, I'm rocking Missouri today. Missouri had a, a lot of big things that happened in the show me state. And, uh, you know, I'm not just a tiger, but a Missourian. Something that you're not, you know, I'm just a kid from KC. <laughs> Every time you say that, I feel like your friends and family back in Georgia just cringe. Do they watch this show? 
Do they ever give you any pushback when you say these things? Like, we need to hold Aaron Ladd accountable. Can you start clipping this, Serta, every time he says that? Because I want to expose him on Twitter. Please clip that. There we go. Talk about Steven Serta coming through. Make sure oh, you my goodness. I got them bad grades. I was in love with my tutor. See, musically lose, you trapping me. Most of you rappers be actors, man. <laughs> I was not expecting that. Wow. Man, can you explain what people are, are seeing right now? We know you're a big Mahomes fan, so we knew that was coming. But what, what, what is this? I lost the bet with one of my colleagues out here in L.A., and they made me do a TikTok that Jackson Mahomes did. So I had to mock his TikTok, one of his pre-games from last year. You know, he did that every game uh, on the sideline. So I had to pick one. And yeah, that was the one that I picked. I want to shout out Serta for making sure he put that in there. Serta getting love from all over. And I, I got a review here. This leads us right into, into the call for reviews from Clinton Blake McK McKenzie. I don't know if that's three different people or if it's one person. But Clinton Blake McKenzie says every week the podcast feed delivers. I learn something new from each and every episode, and they are all extremely entertaining listens. He doesn't mention your TikTok dancing. Sorry about that, Mark. As you're enjoying the fun, personable host, never forget the yeoman's work done by producer Steven Serta. Any podcast is only as good as the person producing it. We second that. Appreciate all the work you do, Serta, and appreciate y'all chiming in here on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. 100%, man. We appreciate you guys. We wouldn't be anything without you. You know, we need an audience to get this thing rolling. If it wasn't for you guys, I'm sure Pete Sweeney would have said, no more coast to coast. You guys aren't bringing in no viewers at all. So you guys keep the train moving, man. Appreciate you guys. Let's hope your TikTok didn't scare them all off. Mark. No, I think it you is. brought in more viewers, actually. <laughs> I think it brings in more. Chiefs Coast to Coast is back, episode 31. Aaron Ladd here in Kansas City. Mark Gunnels is on the West Coast. He's in L.A. Are there any athletes with 31? I know we like to do a, a athlete after every episode number. I couldn't think of a 31. I don't like to Google it. Uh, not current, but a Chiefs legend. Come on, man. Priest Holmes. Uh, I got that's Come a fine. I, I got to do a lap for that one. You're you right Come on, on that one. one of the best running backs in Chiefs history. This is the Priest Holmes episode. We will recap Chiefs Titans. That one, an overtime thriller in prime time before previewing another Chiefs game against an AFC South opponent coming up next week. We'll talk about Mark's Twitter interactions going a little viral, man. You a little cloudy. He got he got a little <laughs> he got a little cloud on him. We'll talk about the interaction between Mark and possibly a future chief. And then Mark will give us his game picks as he does every week. I want to start with this because I text you just three words. You know, I, I just text you three words after after Chiefs Titans because I came on my platform as I do every week and I tried to spill some knowledge to y'all last week previewing this game. And I said three words, one score game. I thought the Titans were better than they had given, been given credit for. I thought Patrick Mahomes even said it himself. And when Patrick Mahomes says things like, hey, this team is better than they're giving credit for, people got to listen. People got to perk their ears up. Vegas didn't respect Tennessee. We didn't know who at their quarterback situation was going to be coming down to the wire. And despite their quarterback only completing five passes, Mark, it's a one-score game. It's an overtime game. And honestly, Kansas City was lucky to win this one, man. Yeah, I mean, you texted me after the game talking about I deserve my flowers on Wednesday when we record this show. So 
here I am giving you your roses. I hope you can smell them all the way out there in Kansas City. Smells my, great. Through my uh, my MacBook right here. So, yeah, man, you deserve it. I, I saw no scenario where this would be a one-score game, but silly me. I should have went through the history. I mean, the Titans always give the Chiefs a hard time. Now, to my defense, they're worse, they're worse starting Malik Willis. So, in previous games, it was Ryan Tannehill. So, my thinking was, hey, a guy in his second career start, he played against the Texans last week. I'm like, okay, he only repeated, what, four or five passes that week. And lo and behold, he does the same thing this week, and they still are within one score. So I didn't see where that was going to be. Oh, wow. Sorry about that. You're so Hollywood, dog. Yeah. Come on. See, it's, this is what happens when I give you too many, too much credit. It's to my phone is telling me, Mark, you have to stop because once you do it, he's gonna put, put it back on you one day. And you're so Hollywood, he's trying to walk his way out of this one. <laughs> so, yes, that's my perfect segue for my alarm going off. But besides my alarm going off, yes, you are right. Their defensive game plan was magnificent. I mean, they were stuffing the run. The Chiefs threw the ball well almost 70 times. It was back at Texas Tech for Patrick Mahomes, right? So he's kind of used to having those type of games, but the difference is they didn't score that many. They only scored 20 points. So you would think if a guy th throws for over 400 yards, has over 50 yards rushing, throws 70 times, they must have scored at least 30 points. But that wasn't the case. So credit to the Titans for mucking the game up, and they almost won. We've gotten questions uh, like this in the past on, on when we had the Spaces shows and – even people who have chimed in here in the comments uh, about the consistency uh, of Kansas City's offense. And I remember one time my homie Larry hopped in here and I think it was after it was it was definitely after one of their more explosive games uh, and say, you know, I haven't really seen the consistency from Kansas City. And this was the prime example of that. You got the Dr. Jekyll and the Mr. Hyde. You come off the high of that San Francisco 49ers game where they look unstoppable. Patrick Mahomes is sprinkling the ball over to all the different receivers and the running game is effective. And you pretty much got the exact opposite of that in this game, paired with inconsistent special teams play. And that's something that we've used this platform to shine a light on time and time again, Mark. I called it mid on previous podcasts. I'll just say inconsistent this show because, once again, Kansas City hasn't been consistent in offense and special teams for us Enough to pencil them in as, you know what, this is this is 12 and a half, I'll take it. That's too many points. Uh, of course, they have the great 15 and his abilities, and, and I'm sure we'll talk about later in the show about what he can do to make everything else look like it's all right, right? Like he covers up so many deficiencies that Kansas City has. To me, what scares me, especially when you're facing off against teams like Tennessee or, or we'll go down to a Buffalo or – uh, I, I won't say Indianapolis, but teams in the AFC who will contend. Uh, I, I just want to see more consistency, man. And, and, and that's in offense, special teams, and even sometimes on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And the funny thing about this game is, and which is why I thought they would cover the spread, is because of extra possessions. And they got that, right? And I thought eventually the Titans defense will wear down because they were on the field too long. And honestly, I don't think they ever wore it down. I think it was just Mahomes decided I'm going to take this game into my own hands. Well, or should I say with his own legs, right? <laughs> so I don't, I'm not even going to say they really worn down because everything was covered. He just had to, you know, do Mahomes things. So, you know, they had seven straight drives in the middle of that game. 
and came away with no points. Like, if you were to tell me that before the game, you would have never agree with that, right? With seven straight possessions, and you don't come away with anything? So, yeah, I mean, the Titans defense deserves all the credit. And, you know, Malik Willis, while he didn't have the passing numbers, the threat of him running, I thought they should have done it more, to be honest with you. I think they let the Chiefs off the hook because with that read option, you have to account for Derrick Henry, obviously. Then you have to account for Malik Willis, right? If they had Ryan Tannehill, that's not an aspect you're worried about. So in a way, I think that was more harder to game plan for, especially because you didn't know who's going to start and you never played against Malik Willis, right? So I think they should have done that more and let Malik run, but obviously – as a Chiefs fan, I'm glad they didn't because I think the result may have been different. I tweeted after the game, the second half defense, I thought is what really solidified or at least helped keep Kansas City in the game for as long as they were before you said, and people have said before, you know, Mahomes went scorched earth or took it into his own hands, legs, whatever. Uh, Henry goes for the two, the, the two touchdowns, right? After that, they go five straight possessions without a first down. They have 38 yards of offense on their last nine possessions headed into overtime. Derrick Henry, eight carries, 23 yards in the second half, zero wide receivers for the Titans catch a, a, a pass in the game. I mean, it, 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 you got lucky a little bit in the fact that you ran into a team that was so inept passing the ball almost as you were rushing the ball and we could transition into the 68 passing attempts. That's all I pretty much wrote on the rundown because it's not a sustainable way to win games. And I think anybody would tell you that Mahomes said as much on the podium today, and you can hear all the podium sound on Arrowhead pride, wherever you get a podcast. Uh, he said, it's just, it, that's what the game called for, but obviously we need more balance. Tennessee has that aggressive front, uh, uh, Jeffrey Simmons and as a and as formidable a front four and front seven as anybody in the AFC they stymied Kansas City's running game and 68 attempts I never want to see that version of Kansas City on offense because it means there was a massive failure in the run game yeah I mean but it, it was an outlier obviously and I saw people talking about well you got to stick with the run game you got to have the threat of the run game no you don't in that type of game because every time they ran it was literally a yard and a cloud of dust, maybe even no yards. It was a wasted play every time they ran the ball. So I understand why they completely abandoned it in that game. And like I said, Mahomes was essentially the running game, right? He had, I think, 64 yards on the ground, 60 plus for sure. He was the de facto running game. And that third and 17 was the play of the game. There's no doubt about it. Where he got that first down with his legs, got the midfield, because if you don't get that, you're still down eight and you got to punt because you're deep in your own territory and it would have been fourth and 17. You're not going for that. So that was the play of the game right there. And I think at that point, people figured they were going to score. And then the question was, were they going to tie the game up with that two with the extra point? Well, I'm sorry, the two point conversion. And they got three tries at it. <laughs> so, I mean, I guess the third time was a charm there. I'm going to push back at saying it was the outlier. To me, it's more of a pattern. Uh, we've seen. Uh, Kansas City's I mean, inability. 68 is the outlier. I'm saying that number is the outlier. 68 is absolutely the outlier. I'm speaking more towards the trend of your running game not being as effective as it once was earlier in the year. And I wrote about this today on arrowheadpride.com. If you want to check that out, Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes asked about just what went wrong in, in, in the Titans game. And then you can kind of speak to the last four games in general. 
just 60 yards per game for Kansas City's running backs. And when you consider it's a three-headed monster, was that 20 yards per? Uh, unacceptable, especially considering you quote-unquote named a new starter in this time period as well. He hasn't exactly taken that job and separated himself from the pack. Kansas City, sure. In this game, uh, y- y- you you say let Pat cook. He's he's the one that's going to get us there. He's going to win us the game. And who could argue with that happening? But the process matters, absolutely. And teams have to be held honest, whether it's a traditional run game. Eric Bieniemy has said in the past that we consider the short pass another version of our run game. Whatever you want to call it, the little intermediate routes, the screen game, which Andy Reid has been so known for and getting his backs involved, whatever it is, it, it, it's got to be more creative and something's got to work there. I asked Andy Reid about this on Monday, and he said there's a couple of different things. Not only is it uh, you know, our front five and our offensive line maybe not being in sync with our running backs, but the running backs have to be more patient. And maybe when you're not getting a full snap share, you know, when you're not touching the ball three times, three times of possession, or, you know, you don't know if, if you're going to get the whole drive, if you got to go out there and, and impress to get snaps, you know, maybe you press a little bit more. Maybe maybe that hole that's there that you got to wait on, you don't have time to wait for it because you worried about your snap time. Uh, whatever it is, I, I would like to see it changed. And and I, I wrote down on the shot sheet, part of that's got to be the short the short pass game. And, and we know Kansas City's been good at that in the past. So before we transition, are you alluding to a possible Ronald Jones sighting? I was asked about this during the game, and and I don't know I don't know where this is kind of bubbling up from. I thought he was not going to make the roster at all. I think that third preseason game kind of did it, but he's insurance purely, in my opinion. I think for him to come in and take snaps away from guys we're already talking about still trying to find their footing, you're almost shooting yourself in the foot. If you were going to put Ronald Jones in there, it should have been from from day one. Yeah, no, I agree. I just We had to ask that question because yeah, it's been, yeah, a talking, yeah. been a talking point on Chiefs Twitter. You know, my ears are in the in the streets, unlike you. So oh, I, know God, what the I know what the people want, so I have to ask the hard-hitting questions. So what's not working with the run game then, in your opinion? Because I believe the the total numbers were 12 carries for 14 yards against the Tennessee Titans for all non-Mahomes ball carriers or or running backs for for the Chiefs. That that that's peewee numbers, man. And I, I I'm gonna push back at you just saying that's an outlier and they'll fix it overnight. It, it's kind of been trending that way. Yeah, but if we look at that Tampa Bay game, right, that was one of those games where it was working very, very well. And I think people are kind of over-exaggerating just a little bit because this Titans defense, they're the top-run defense in the league for a reason. Like, nobody runs on this defense. So I'm not going to put all my eggs in that basket, but like you said, it has been trending that way even prior to this game. So I understand that, but we have seen – instances where the running game has worked this season so i will just caution everybody that the chiefs have faced some of the top d lines in the league i mean the niners with nick bolsa and and company right even the tampa bay front is supposed to be really good and they did good against them you know the raiders with max crosby and company so i mean and then obviously against the titans so they've had a murderous row as far as d lines and just schedule in general right through these first eight, nine games. So I think just caution a little bit, see how they do against the Jaguars, who have a pretty good deep front as well, but it's not nearly as good as the Titans one. So I would expect to see a more efficient run game moving forward. 
I just noticed that you're a Jaguars guy, not a Jaguars guy. You know, everybody's got their own pronunciation there. <laughs> what what uh, kind of guy? Are you? Who are you? I'm War. I'm 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 War. Jaguars, baby. Okay, okay. <laughs> That's that southern twang, huh? So, a little something like that. If you're at home, let us know which one you are, Jaguars or Jaguars, as Kansas City prepares them. Prepares to play them in week 10. I'm, I'm worried about the run game, but I, I have faith in Andy Reid. I, I, I'm sure this is something that we'll talk about again on, on the podcast going forward. 14 yards is not enough. And, of course, I'm going to have to hammer them on that. But I, I think the framework is there, and, and, and they'll get it fixed up. How about another guy that's kind of been up and down since returning? It's Chiefs kicker Harrison Butker, who just prefaced this by saying he made the game-winning kick. The I mean, the Chiefs don't win 20-17 to 17 in overtime without him making that kick in OT. Obviously, KC went for the, the touchdown there, and they went for it on fourth down, hoping they would continue that drive and just get a touchdown. I think Andy Reid even said, we're going for the TD there. But Bucker converts the 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 OT field goal, which makes you feel better after missing a, a, a PAT and a field goal in regulation. Uh, the question is, are you worried? But I guess maybe maybe your full range of emotions on number seven for KC. Yeah, so typically, and he kind of went against my theory a little bit in this game. Typically with Harrison Bucker, even before the injury concern and anything like that, I was always more concerned with him on shorter kicks, which seems like a oxymoron, right? Because you would think that should be the easier kicks. But for some reason, on those short ones, I don't know what it is. I don't know if he just is just too confident in it or the lack of focus isn't there. When it comes to kicks 50 and beyond, I'm very confident in them because I feel like in that moment, you have to really be locked in, right? Because it's such a distance. So you have no choice but to really focus on it. And now he missed, I think, a 44-yarder, and then he missed the extra point, obviously. So I'm a little worried. Is he fully healthy, right? Or is it just more of a mental thing? And I think I'm leaning towards it more being a mental thing because I look at kickers, it's like golf, right? To me, it's like golfers. You know, it's really 90% mental, 10% physical, in my opinion, because we see golfers where they, they have a bogey or they hit one into the water. They just derail after that. Like they can't recover. The next holes after they're they're done. They're mentally shot. We see it all the time, especially when guys have to go against Tiger and, you know, you make one mistake and Tiger looks you in your eye, you're done. I think it's the same thing with kickers in a way because – you know, they're able to kick it, right? We see in pregame, these guys are kicking 70 yarders with ease in pregame. And then when the game comes, they're missing extra points. So you can't tell me it's physical at that point. It has to be mental. So I think him making that kick in overtime hopefully can be a carryover effect into the next game. And obviously this won't be as a pressure-packed game as far as like national attention, it's going to be our normal noon slate in Kansas City. Let's we, go. Here we go. <laughs> you really get those nowadays, man. You got to cherish it, Aaron, when you get it. I mean, because we got another prime time. I know it's on the road next week, but still another prime time game. So, you know, it's rare to get those normal noon games in Arrowhead. So I'm going to cherish it out here in LA at 10 a.m. in the morning. But like I said, I think in this type of game, this is the perfect confidence builder. You know, get a lot of extra points in. I think there's going to be a lot of points scored in this game. And, you know, get your confidence going heading to that Chargers game on Sunday night. 
It's funny if you ask if it's mental or physical for Harrison Bucker, who missed a, a field goal, an extra point in Casey's overtime win over the Titans. He talked at uh, the Chiefs locker room on Wednesday. That's today. And this from John Dixon on ArrowheadPride.com. Harrison Bucker says, I'm not at 100%. If I was at 100%, I'd be doing full steps on my kickoffs or going back 10 yards and everything. I'm good enough to have the strength. That's not the issue. But my mind tells my body certain things, and it's just not happening every single time. It's that consistency aspect, not the power or the ability to go out there and do it. We've been kinda asking goes, for it. Kind of goes hand in hand, right? Mental yeah. and physical. And I think, and you touched on it too, golfers, baseball players, kickers, when you're not doing something every day, when, you're, when your attention or your focus or your discipline turns from – how can I be as consistent as possible every single time, like Harrison Bucker talked about, to how can I just get back to 100%? How can I start feeling myself again? How can I rehab and get back and be a part of the team so they can count on me again? Just that little bit of focus and that little bit of shift is all you need to, to turn an automatic kicker or a 95% guy into a 90% guy or 85% guy into an 80% guy. Um, I The question, are you worried about Harrison Bucker, yeah, but I don't think you really have another choice if you're KC. I mean, you saw what it was like when he's not there, the Matt Amendola's or the, the 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 Matt Wrights or whatever in the world. Like, it's dark out there. So I think you just you you put your arm around Harrison Bucker and say, hey, you're gonna miss a couple. We still got faith in you. We know you were out for a little while. We know how hard it was for you to get back. We know you're gonna make one when it really matters. And word to how we intro this topic, he made one when it really mattered, and they don't win against the Titans without him. Yeah, and I wondered while this period of him not being 100%, does that make Andy Reid and company be more aggressive? Let's mm. say you're at the opposing team's 35-yard line, 30-yard line. You're in field goal range, but it's like a 50-plus yarder, and it's fourth and two. Do you go for it or do you kick it? Obviously, scoring time matters and all that stuff as well. So something to look forward to in the next few weeks until he gets back to 100%. Well, let's talk about another guy that people are looking forward to. And you have been, honestly, you intro it. This, this is your man. I'm going to pass the mic to you, my guy. All, all you. All right. Well, I guess you're referring to the three-letter guy, uh, <laughs> OBJ. Uh, his parents named him Odell Beckham Jr. So, yeah, obviously on Twitter yesterday, if you haven't seen it, him and Michael Parsons had a back and forth. FanDuel tweeted out a picture of him in a Cowboys jersey. Then Michael Parsons came in and said, hey, let's do it, OBJ. I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, right? I don't know the exact quote, but he said basically, <laughs> in, all, in less words, basically come to Dallas. Then OBJ responds talking about how my dad's side is down there and you know, let me know what's up, basically. I want to go and win all that stuff. And you couldn't let this happen. You saw I this. And you got I'm like, get out of here. Let me jump in. I was actually in the same thread. I, I, didn't, I didn't let Michael Parsons off the thread. I, he was still on there. I came in there and I basically said, hey, come to Kansas City. I know you will definitely win 100% with Mahomes, Kelsey, and Big Red. We have the best barbecue in the world if you're into that type of thing. And we have the loudest fans come to Kansas City. It's a no-brainer. And then he responds and says, it's not out of the question. And 
this isn't really breaking news because even weeks ago when the Chiefs traded for a Kadarius Tony, our great friend Nate Taylor even tweeted and said, this is not a sign that they're out on OBJ. In actuality, he said it still may be the preferred destination. And that may surprise outsiders because they're probably like, why do you need a receiver? And that's all I've been seeing in my mentions from obviously Cowboys fans. They're pretty upset at me right now. But they were saying, why do you need another receiver? Why are you guys being so greedy? You just got Kadarius Tony. Well, the thing is, Tony is more about the future. Now, obviously, he's still going to be used this year, as you saw uh, last week. They threw it to him the first play of the game. So it's not to say he's not going to be used this year as well, but he's under contract for the next two years. And after this season, the Chiefs only have him, Sky Moore, and NVS under contract in that receiving room. And I think they have an out on NVS potentially after this year as well. So weird, funky thing in his contract. So obviously they're probably going to want to resign Juju. McCall Hardman most likely is gone with Tony. And if you bring in OBJ, it's most likely just a rental. But he did say on a podcast recently he wants to go somewhere and, you know, kind of just settle down and, you know, not be hopping from team to team. But I don't see no team giving him a multi-year contract right now. I think they want to see him play the rest of the season to see if he can stay healthy. And then after the year, then they'll reevaluate and try to bring him on for another year or two. So I think that's the most likely scenario. But the Chiefs are obviously in the hunt because if you look at it, and he's complained about this as well, and I think this is a real thing in his mind, he doesn't want to, he doesn't like playing on turf. And you know, in the Super Bowl, obviously in SoFi Stadium, yeah. he got hurt on turf. The Cowboys play on a turf. Chiefs obviously play on grass. I think that is a real thing with a guy coming off an ACL two years in a row that you probably want to avoid as much as you can. Also, like I said before, it's hard to say no to Mahomes and Reed twice. We have multiple examples of that being the case. Melvin Ingram, even though that was a trade, still. Uh, Juju, he said no the first time, came in the second time. And then you got the thing in Buffalo right now. Is Josh Allen really healthy? I mean, I know they're saying he's day-to-day, but that's a serious injury. You don't want to rush that. So that may deter him from going to Buffalo. That's a real thing you got to monitor. So when you really break it down, Green Bay, who's going to want to go to Green Bay right now? Obviously, he's not going to the Rams. So the market is really open for the Chiefs to get him. I don't think it's unrealistic when you really look at the possible teams that he could go to. I think you covered it well, and I want to congratulate you and Odell for, uh, you know, linking up for a, a mention on the timeline that generated some some shockwaves there. We've talked about this a couple of times on this platform. I don't think either of our opinions have really changed. I don't think he's coming to Kansas City. I think Kansas City is doing their due diligence and being in the mix, as you mentioned. But Odell Beckham Jr. to me seems like a guy who wants a multi-year deal, and I don't think Kansas City is in the business of handing out multi-year. that right now? Well, see, and, and here's the benefit for OBJ replying to your tweet and doing what he's been doing uh, th- this entire NFL season, right? More teams, more value, more bidders. If, if I can make the Cowboys think that Casey is entertaining giving me a multi-year deal, maybe that forces them into thinking, all right, into pulling the trigger and saying, all right, we'll give you two. 
Um, I don't think any team who's smart would do it, but I think a lot of teams who are close this year and can see themselves needing a wideout next year, which Kansas City fits in, why not? See if we're in the ball game. See if we're see see if the money works. KC obviously has the the wiggle room to be able to do it cap wise, but uh, I and I've said this before: at what cost? You're taking away snaps. You're taking away targets from your other investments that you've made time into. Uh, you got to simplify the offense for him to be able to come in and contribute. I I, I don't see it happening. I don't see it working out. But it, it got you a couple of retweets, so that's why we brought it up on the platform, I guess. <laughs> When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, man, if it happens, me and OBJ are going to be on Westport. Oh, gosh. Outside. <laughs> outside your favorite bar. Back you know, outside, boys. Y'all y'all are the backup Drake wrote that song. Where you hey, you know, he loves Drake. That's his voice. So don't be surprised if Drake starts pulling up to the town too, man. So I'm just saying, man, Kansas City is up and coming market, man. Don't sleep. You Don't be you surprised could. you see me, Drake, and OBJ in a picture and you're not there and you get a little jealous. So I'm going to say, because, uh, yeah, OBJ knows my name now. Absolutely not. I'm not. I'm. I'm not even entertaining that. You mentioned Kadarius Tony, his Chiefs debut, <laughs> nine out of 101 snaps, six routes, two catches on 12 yards yeah they got him involved right away and I, I think we got a little taste this year Andy Reid mentioned you know he's sponging everything up and he'll come along at the pace that he comes along I don't think that it's any rush he obviously is dynamic with the ball in his hands and they're happy to have him yeah and I think the flow of that game messed up his snaps I think he would have got more if it wasn't this mucky ugly game where it's like okay now we're actually in danger of losing so we need to have guys out there that have a full grasp of the playbook i I fully thought if they were going to get out to a big lead early and they got to a 9-0 lead people forget about that it's kind of hard to imagine it when you look at how the game went they were up nine nothing at one point so if they were able to keep pouring it on i think he definitely would have got more snaps but the way the game was going they couldn't risk it they had to have guys out there that knew the playbook fully, and I, that's why I thought he didn't play the second half. But I think this is a good game this week against the Jaguars to get him more involved. But he's definitely – he's so dynamic, though. You could just tell he's so shifty. All the highlights you saw, you saw it in a couple of clips just this past Sunday. Speaking of a guy that's dynamic and made his return, it's cornerback Trent McDuffie, and I have a sound I want to get to and a stat I want to get to about McDuffie before I toss it to you because I know how much you think – He's a difference maker in this Kansas City defense. 
he comes back and uh, we don't hear his name called very much. We were doing post game on KSHB 41. The game was on Big 41. Appreciate y'all tuning in. And big boss, head honcho, Pete Sweeney calls him the defensive MVP because of the job he does. Obviously, it's Tennessee, right? I mean, they threw five passes total and a wide receiver didn't get a catch for them in the game. But the fact that he was out there, was able to play the full allotments of snaps and, or, and got back through after, the, after being out for so long, uh, it, it was good to see. And he kind of talked about that at the podium today. So check this out. I mean, going out the first game is always... Uh, pretty frustrating and pretty disheartening because, you know, you have all these goals and you have this plan that you set in place and it doesn't go that way. But um, I was able to kind of just take a step back, work really well with the trainers, work really well with the coaches and kind of set this system where it was almost like I was going to play every week, but then just set out the game. So I kind of kept this system of let's just keep this going so that when I did come back, it wasn't anything short of just what I was already doing. So just creating a system and just being able to stick to that, staying disciplined was the biggest thing for me to be able to come back the way I am now. Chiefs rookie corner Trent McDuffie is back with a bang. And this is from Mike Renner of Pro Football Focus on Twitter. He tweets, Chiefs cornerback Trent McDuffie is 45 coverage snaps into his NFL career and still hasn't allowed a catch. I mean, KC looks like they've gotten uh, a home run hitter with this first round draft pick. Yeah, I mean, I've been raving about him nonstop, and obviously I know it's on limited snaps, but in 43 snaps this season, he hasn't allowed a catch yet. Obviously, the first half against the Cardinals, and then this game goes into that. So, yeah, man, I'm really excited about him. I think he's one of those plug-and-play guys like I've been raving about before. Brett Veach has been a narrative that he doesn't value cornerbacks as much. So the fact he took one in the first round screams a lot to me. and Obviously, it's not a big test against the Titans because they didn't pass that much. But still, when your name is not called as a corner, it's normally a good thing unless you got an interception or something like that. It's crazy. So, you know, he's solid. We're going to get a bigger test this Sunday against Trevor Lawrence and Christian Kirk and company. So I'm waiting to see how that turns out. But I like what he said there, the fact that he still had the mentality and they were still moving forward as if he was playing every week even though he wasn't, right? So when he came back, it wasn't a big transition. It wasn't anything different besides him actually playing on the football field. And I think, I truly believe he could have came back a few weeks ago, but I just think the Chiefs were being very, very cautious with him. And they had every right to, right? When you had Jalen Watson performing at a high level, Joshua Williams in there looking good. Obviously, Snead has been the mainstay. So there was really no rush to bring him back immediately so I think they played it well he's clearly 100% now and now he's ready for the back half of the season the home stretch heading to the playoffs absolutely I'm piggybacking off of your on wax from a few episodes ago and we'll revisit those predictions as the season regular season comes to a close but you said it best and I think we really saw it in this Tennessee game the defense Kansas City's defense is at their best when Trent McDuffie Trent McDuffie is healthy and, and playing a contributing factor uh, for their defense. It, 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 get, it, work, it makes everything work better, right? The defensive line has a little bit more time. The, 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 the corners and the DBs are a little bit stickier. Everybody's uh, a, a little bit tougher on the defensive side of the ball and, and maybe a tougher test as we continue throughout the year. And we know Jacksonville has a pass-happy uh, offense as well. Um, rolling right along here on Chiefs Coast to Coast, Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. How about – how about the game preview, man? Another AFC South showdown at Arrowhead Stadium. 
This was asked a while back, and I'm so glad we got it. We got a noon or extra sauce, man. It's a noon game at Arrowhead. My, we get to have a whole day after this, man. This is amazing. Is this the first one this year? They had – so I looked this up. Indy. At Indy was the only other noon That's game. at home, though, in Arrowhead. But this, is the fir- this is the first home one. This is the first That's home crazy. one. crazy. <laughs> and we know that they have another one on the road that just got flexed. We'll talk about that one later in the show. Um, but specific to the Jags game, they come in off a big comeback victory against another team in the division <laughs> that is experiencing their own struggles. Uh, what's your biggest concern? What's keeping Mark Gunnels up at night? Uh, thinking about the Jacksonville Jaguars specifically? Um, I would say the familiarity with Doug Peterson. Obviously, he came under Andy Reid, so he knows him like the back of his hand. Now, the same goes vice versa as well. But, you know, the fact that Doug Peterson came up under Andy Reid, he, he, a lot of his schemes comes from him. A lot of his way of coaching comes from Andy Reid. So I would say that's a concern. It's all Because now it's one of those – kind of game within the game, right? Because you kind of know what he wants to do. You know what that guy wants to do. So it comes down to execution. So I, I would say that is my biggest concern is uh, Doug Peterson knowing Andy Reid very, very well. Jacksonville three and six on the year coming into this one. 403 uh, offensive yards on 68 plays last week in that 27-20 win over the Raiders. And I think the one thing when we ask what our biggest concern about the Jags is, is they do have a variable offense, specifically in the running game. I mean, it, it seems like uh, uh, Travis a, Travis Etienne, who's the in his rookie year, if you will, got injured and missed all of last year out of Clemson. To me, it, it seems like it's starting to click for him. They're, the, the coaches are putting him in the right spot to make plays, and he's executing and taking advantage of those plays. Let me see his stat line from this last game. 28 attempts, 109 and two scores against the Raiders in that one. He scares me the most. How many catches did he have in that game? He's pretty good in the passing Uh, game when they use him. uh, Two targets, two catches, 17 yards. So over 120 120, uh, yards from scrimmage. And I think what scares me the most when I think about him is how much they move him around. All right, right here he's in the pistol. Right here he's behind us. Right here he's out in the slot. Uh, We've got him in a screen game here. We'll run I formate or we'll we'll run between the tackles here like – they can move them around in so many different places. And while Kansas City did do an extremely good job bottling up Derrick Henry after the two long runs we saw in prime time, it scares me that this is a guy who's a little bit more explosive, uh, a little bit shiftier, and can and can move with the ball in his hands. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's very dynamic. And I think they should use him more in the passing game as well because that's what he did in college, too. So, yeah, he's a very guy. He's a very versatile guy you have to worry about. Very different from Derrick Henry as far as his running style goes. Uh, he's more explosive, more elusive. And like you said, more dynamic. You can put him anywhere on the field. And you got he, he's a matchup nightmare. So you got to be focused on him, right? So he's definitely a guy that gives me concern as well. And then going to the defense side of the ball, how about a guy that Chiefs wanted? Our Josh Allen. Yeah. yeah, Josh Allen's coming to town. It's supposed to be his uh, Chiefs debut, right? Our second <laughs> game as a Chief. But uh, now he's coming to Kansas City as a as an op. So uh, he's going to be a guy that you got to worry about, especially on the edge, because we know the tackles have struggled, especially uh, Wiley at times, and even Orlando Brown. So they're going to match him up with one of those guys and try to get after Patrick Mahomes. That's the OBJ that the Chiefs need. Not Odell Beckham Jr. Or <laughs> to Pete Sweeney. Orlando Brown Jr. 
They need him to step up and play to where he was even last year. There was a couple snaps in this Tennessee game, man, where it's like we gave you the benefit of the doubt to where the season was first started. Now I remember coming on here after the Indy game and being like, ah, wasn't the best, but he's rusty, but he missed time. But this it's week 10 now, Mark, and we have not seen the best version of OBJ. Stop calling him OBJ. That's his name. That's his, that's his no, name. Not the real OBJ, man. That's that. his name. When you say OBJ, people are not going to think Orlando Brown Jr. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> anyway, Orlando Brown Jr. has to play better for sure. And he betted on himself. He passed up on a pretty good deal, in my opinion. Bet the and, house. And you were... <laughs> You were saying you were on his side. You were on his side for turning down that offer. Well, now it's not looking good because now the way he's playing, he wouldn't get an offer as good as that one, the way he's playing. So him betting himself as of right now is has not paid off. Now, obviously, still have a lot of games left. Still have a playoff run to go and potential Super Bowl to win. So the narrative can still change. But as of right now, him betting himself, is looking foolish at this point, at this point. Uh, you mentioned the connection between Doug Peterson and Andy Reid. Peterson was the OC for Kansas City from 2013 to 2015. The Chiefs were 31-17 and 17 in the regular season over that time stretch. Um, yeah, it's going to be some familiar faces. And Andy Reid's coaching tree, I mean, this dude has got a great, great oak. If you're a Mizzou, I mean, it's the big earth. It's the big oak tree out there. I mean, he just he's been in the game for so long, and uh, this will be a reunion of sorts. You ready to head down to Vegas? Let's go. All right, we're here for Mark's picks now. It's Chiefs Jags in week 10. We'll recap last week before getting his props for this week. Mark was feeling good after an undefeated week and gave us four total picks for Chiefs Titans. He went two and two. I'll break them down right here. It's Chiefs first half. Uh, minus seven. That one missed. It was a Tennessee 14-9 lead at the half. He took Chiefs total at, or excuse me, not Chiefs total. He took the Chiefs at 12 and a half, which was the line, I believe. That didn't, I mean, all he had to do was listen to me, right? One score game, I tried to tell you. Anyway, <laughs> those are the two losers. The two winners was easy money on Juju over receiving yards, 49 and a half. I hope that Vegas has learned Stop giving Mark that line. He's going to hammer it home every time Juju finished with 88 receiving yards in the win. And then Mahomes over on the passing yards. That one was just, and that was just candy from a baby. And a 288 and a half. And Mahomes finishes with nearly 450 passing yards. Mark is 12 and 10 on the year. That's not bad, man. That's good. That's a good place to live right above 500. Let's see if you can give us uh, a few more winners this week. What you got? Okay, so this week I have three plays, not four. <laughs> going back to three this week, all right. <laughs> so my first play, and you you'll be you'll be glad to hear this, but I'm still playing it. Vegas has caught on the juju a little bit, but I'm still playing the over. They have it at 62 and a half this week. I still like the over there. Last week he had what 88, I believe. He's had a hundred a couple times. So to me. While it's not as good as 49 and a half, I think 62 and a half is still a pretty sweet spot for me to take the over. So I'm taking the over there. I'm going back to the spread. 
I know, but it's a different opponent. It's not the Titans. It's not the team that's been the kryptonite. I'm taking the Chiefs minus nine and a half. I truly believe this will be a double-digit win. Oh, Jay- there it is. There it is. Two touchdowns. Win by at least two. They're not a good football team. They beat the Raiders. They were down 17 to nothing. If that happens against the Chiefs. They're not coming back or getting close at all. I think the Chiefs can have a big sigh of relief after coming up that hard-nosed Titans game. You have a regular noon game at Arrowhead. It should be pretty good weather. I really believe they win this game by double digits. So I'm taking the Chiefs minus nine and a half. And then my third play, which I really like as well, is the total over on total points. Is at 50 and a half right now. I think the Chiefs by themselves score 30 plus in this game. So give the Jags 14 to 17 points. I mean, the Titans score 17 points on the Chiefs. I don't know how. So, and the Jaguars have a better offense, at least a more diverse offense than the Titans. So I, I feel comfortable with that over at 50 and a half. So those are my three plays. Over on Juju's receiving yards, 62 and a half. Chiefs spread minus nine and a half and the total points over at 50 and a half. I like them all. I'm glad to know that some of the odds makers listen to us here on Chiefs Coast to Coast and they've adjusted <laughs> Juju's line. So no more free money there. Uh, but we'll see. We gave you through half the year. You've impressed so far and certainly redeemed yourself from your first ever pick that you gave out on this podcast how about a game that's being moved around and we talked about this to end off last week's pod chiefs chargers november 20th is now on kshb 41 locally you can check that here on nbc wherever you all watch this sunday night football game now i believe both of these games chiefs chargers have been on or will be on Sunday Night Football now. This matchup is in prime time. Another Chargers haven't been what they what we thought they were, I guess. This is still a matchup that is going to be appointment, tele- appointment television for years and years to come. Yeah, I mean, it's Patrick Mahomes. It's Justin Herbert. It's the great city of Kansas City versus L.A. I mean, it's both of my homes in one. They oh, know when it's, when it's Mark's homes involved. It has to be in prime time. Mark's hometown and Mark's current place of living. So when they match up, you have to make it prime time, baby, especially in L.A. because I'm going to be in the building. And guess who else is going to be in the building? Aaron, can you tell the people who else is going to be in the building? What celebrity is going to be there? This is this is the famous link up. You're finally going to do your you, we're finally going to be together in the flesh and you're going to have to do your job. It's cra- it's crazy. It's crazy. Aaron Ladd is going to be in LA folks for Chiefs Chargers. I got the text a couple days ago. I couldn't believe it. They really let you out here. Why did they do this? Uh, you know, it was my turn in the rotation and I, I'm happy it worked out. I think we kind of spoke the juju into existence last pod and then out of nowhere, right? game has been flexed Hmm, wait a minute and a little bit we're gonna have to get a flick first and foremost i gotta see what your game day attire is like because i have no doubt in my mind that i am taking to the cleaners every day of the week and twice on sunday so i gotta see your game day attire and then i want to see you doing work you better have a camera you better have a notepad you better have like a pencil and paper i gotta see you doing some work mark gunnels Oh uh, well, I will be at a Chiefs tailgate. I will say that I'm part of a. That ain't the, work. 
I, I'm just saying, man, you know, I'm part of a, a LA chapter out here that's very, very kind to me. So I'm going to pop at their tailgate and, you know, I'm going to have some barbecue, a few drinks here and there. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll link up though, for sure. You get here Saturday morning. So we'll ha- we'll go out Saturday night, the night before. Got plenty of time to recover since it's a night game. So you'll be all right. I'm looking forward to it, man. It's uh, it's definitely long overdue. This is always a good one. I, I was talking with somebody about this last year too. Was it Kelsey walk off in overtime? Uh, his touchdown in SoFi. I've heard so many good things about SoFi, so I'm excited, man. And we definitely gonna have to get a. You know, last time we were in the city, we did like a little hookah spot or something. So we we'll, we'll have to we'll have to find some libations a, a, after. You know, what hey, I mean? man, I, I got the city on lock, man. I got you. Don't worry about it. Moving on, as we're wrapping up episode 31 of She's Coast to Coast Hero Arrowhead Pride, Mark Gunnels, Aaron Ladd. Uh, I got a question here from Troy on YouTube. Troy asked, what do you think of Patrick being top three in NFL quarterback average yards per run? You start first. Well, I didn't know that stat, actually, but I'm not surprised. I mean, I would imagine Josh Allen and... Actually, I'm surprised, actually, because you would think the top three would be Josh Allen, Lamar, and Jalen Hurts. So who is he above one of those three? Yeah, that surprises me. We might have to fact check Troy there, but I, I do think on a I do think on a serious note, uh the Chiefs are the Chiefs have to incorporate his legs into the offense somehow because if if, if defenses aren't gonna account for Pedro Holmes, who's not the fastest guy in the world. I saw somebody tweet after the game. He might be the fastest four eight four nine uh, guy in the league right now. Sneaky athletic. You know he's got that coach's son speed. You know he's got the, he's got that baseball speed. Uh, no, I I think it's a it, it, if your running backs are not going to be if your running backs are not going to be effective, then um, Patrick Mahomes running the ball is going to have to be an extension of balance somehow. Uh, I don't think that they want that. I mean, if they're not even going to run him in a quarterback sneak scenario, I think that the coaching staff probably holds their breath a little bit when, uh, you know, he gets outside the pocket against some of these uh, Joey Bosa types and uh, Jeffrey Simmons types on the outside, but he put a hell of a move on Simmons in that and in the run to get the touchdown. So if it's between you holding your breath and, and, or getting six, I think you're going to hold the breath every time and uh, tell Pat to go out there and run it a few times. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing about it is he's a smart runner. He rarely takes hits, and I know he did on that touchdown, but that was because he was going for a touchdown. But on a normal run, he slides or gets out of bounds, yeah. right? He knows where the first down marker is, so he's not taking hits when he runs for the most part. Uh, one more from Shock J. Uh, maybe that's a mix between a Shocker and a Jayhawk, maybe? Since we're yeah, well, I, I, like yeah I, like, I like that. Yeah. Uh, they're asking, will Lucas Miang make – it back this season the 21 day window is in effect to assess if he will play so inquiring minds want to know i haven't been out at the practice window yet but the crazy thing is i was coming back from i went on like a halloween trip or whatever uh and you know how kci is man kci i mean everybody's right there and i look over and i'm like is that yeah it's lucas niang chilling he had just gotten back from the from the bye week uh, we chopped it up for a little bit, talked with him. I asked him about his Horn Frogs. He's a TCU alum, uh, and he mentioned how he was feeling good. Media hasn't really talked to him yet, uh, obviously, since he's been uh, behind the scenes and, and trying to get back. But I, I was not anticipating him being in the mix. The 21-day window, it, it, it tells me more than I knew going in. And 
hopefully he uh, he makes an impact because, yeah, I mean, even in practice reps and that, and that kind of thing, seeing him back out on the field would be good. Yeah, I don't have any expectations at this point. Um, you know, maybe he gets activated as an insurance policy at yeah. some point, obviously, because, you know, linemen, they can go down at any moment, you know, knock on wood. So it would be nice to have that that backup just in case you need it. A guy that has started before, so it's not like a normal backup. So, yeah, I mean, I could see that scenario. But as far as him inserted into the starting lineup, that's not going to happen. You know, I know people don't like Andrew Wiley, but you're not going to just mess up with your old line in the middle of the season. It's just not going to happen. Uh, I see Ryan Williams asks, does he need to retire his cheetah print man thong since they traded Tyreek in the offseason? Maybe you can give him some advice on what you did with with yours. <laughs> hey, man, this is the time in the show where it's, it's almost time. <laughs> Uh, it's, it's, it's getting to that, that point. Mark looked at the clock and said, Yeah, man. Get to that point where, you know, Aaron is like, You guys let me, right? Hey, 816 514 1267. We want to make y'all part of the show. We got the voicemail line open. Leave us a voicemail. Let me know, let us know what you think about uh, Chiefs Titans, Chiefs Jags, or what Mark should do with his cheetah print thong. Uh, all, all that and more. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.